bet. <laughs> what was that? Nothing. Nothing, Angela. Would you like some eggs? No, Tony, you know I always have just juice and coffee. Yeah, I know, but I figured this morning you might have an appetite. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? Look, I'm just a housekeeper here. I'm just a housekeeper here. You know me. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Hey, Mom, what's all the whispering about? Nothing, dear. Just keep chewing. <laughs> what do you mean, evil? Look, I may be way out of line here, but I don't want to see you get hurt. I just think you're moving a little too fast. Tony, we're married. Uh, yeah, but you're engaged to be divorced. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to... Oh, hey, 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 oh, oh, hey, this is the Boss Podcast. Nice. <laughs> I'm Tori. I'm Kevin. And we are here to rewatch and discuss every episode of Who's the Boss? Hopefully before the reboot. Yes, that's the goal. Yep. We, well, we're on episode 15, and tonight's a two for one, because we're mm-hmm. going to cover episode 15 and 16. Yeah, two-parter. Yes. Angela's Ex Returns, part one and two. So we'll dive right into... The first part here. This episode aired on February 5th, 1985. Mm. The TV Guide summary says, Angela's estranged husband returns to rekindle their romance, which could threaten Tony's job. First of two parts. First of two parts. It was written by Robert Sternin and Prudence Frazier, and they actually wrote both parts one and two. Makes sense. So we're going to meet... The elusive Michael Bauer. So this episode opens with it's that's a cute little kind of like family setting. Like Angela's at home, maybe doing a little work. Mm-hmm. Tony comes in with Jonathan and the dog. They've been out playing in the snow, and Jonathan's all wet. He runs over to give Angela a big hug, and she's like, "Oh, why are you so wet?" Yes. And and why is he all wet? Because Richard Welling is an SLB. <laughs> Richard Welling. <laughs> yeah, he flipped his sled, so he got it. So this is now the third, right? Because Richard Welling is who they get in the fight with in Angela's first fight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Then in um, the last episode we covered, Guess Who's Coming Forever, when we introduced Grover, Jonathan's excited to go over to Richard Welling's house because now he has a big dog. But apparently Richard Welling is not at all worried or scared of this dog because no. he flipped his sled and then just nails Tony in the face with a snowball. Apparently, Richard Welling is huge. Yes, he's apparently a very large sixth grader. Yeah, very <laughs> I don't, tall. I don't know that we're ever going to actually see Richard Welling. <laughs> I know. I think that that's, that's yeah, kind that's, of like that's a the running. Other, yeah, that's the joke. Joke I think. almost. You never see Richard yeah. Welling, but you hear how much of a you know what he yes. is. <laughs> so Jonathan's all wet. Angela tells him to go upstairs and get out of his clothes. And Tony has a great line here. <laughs> He's like, oh, it sounds great, but I have to go make dinner. I know. It's something I would say. That's what made me laugh so hard. It's just it really funny. Cute. So there's some flirting right off the bat here. I know. But um, but what the other thing is that you, you, you didn't mention is the oh. fact that um, that he, they, that Tony ends up throwing all the snowballs at Richard Welling. Oh, right. <laughs> and then she's like, you threw snowballs right. at a sixth grader. <laughs> He deserves it. Who cares? He does. That's what I say. I'm like, more power to him. Yeah, because Jonathan tired himself out making the snowballs. Right. So which is really cute. Tony with his his b- still probably developed baseball arm <laughs> threw. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. I forgot that he was a baseball player. And he threw the, he probably Maybe knocked Richard Welling out. <laughs> so Jonathan and Grover go running upstairs to go get changed, get ready for bed. Little Grover. Yeah, Grover. I like Grover. I know. They don't. There's no listing for the, who played that dog. Like, normally, you know, it'd be like in the credits, Grover played by Sandy or whatever, but Yeah, they don't they didn't care then. The no. dog was probably mistreated, too. Poor who Grover. That, that dog's been dead probably for... I know. 27 years. <laughs> yeah. So, he, it, Tony still tells Jonathan not to let Grover eat soap again, because apparently this happened before. <laughs> the dog's been burping up bubbles for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that line was ridiculous. Just then, the doorbell rings, and Tony opens it to see a man standing there holding a snake mm-hmm. around his neck, wearing it kind of like a scarf. And Tony says, don't look now, but your muffler's moving. I had no idea what a muffler... I mean, I know a muffler on a car. That's what I was... That's, I was so confused by that line. Yeah, because neither of us have ever really lived in a cold climate, so I looked it up, and a muffler is like a scarf. 
but like a scarf can be sort of decorative and a mm -hmm. muffler is mainly used to keep you warm. So just like a warm scarf. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. So Michael Bauer is played by James Naughton. Mm -hmm. He um, will be in four total episodes of Who's the Boss, both two-parters, surprisingly. And um, I looked him up on IMDb, and most recently he was in Hostages, in Gossip Girl, and in the 90s he was in Ally McBeal. So, oh, okay. Yeah, he's still working. Now, he and Tony immediately kind of get into this, who are you, who are you, right. <laughs> kind of standoff. So now, like, this is the man of the house meeting the actual man of the house. But he doesn't realize that yet. But it's clear that Angela knows him, and she's not at all happy that he's there. No. She just slams the door in his face to start off. Yeah, which is funny. And we get the great line from Tony when Angela's like, this is Michael Bauer. And he says, Bauer, that's your name. Yeah, I know. Yes, like, Tony. So she's putting two and two together. <laughs> right. You would have thought that he would have made that connection already, considering that Mona's last name is Robinson. But right. it's okay. So, yes, she introduces him as her husband. And up to this point, Tony assumed that she was already divorced. And I think that the audience probably assumed that she was already divorced because, you know, there really was no reason to think that she still actually was married. It seemed like they had been apart for quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, she's had gentlemen callers. True, yeah. She's you know. been on plenty of dates. And Michael's like, oh, I get it. This is why I was served divorce papers. He said he was in the jungle for six months with no communication. So I guess that they were act they were separated. Like he had an understanding that they were separated. Yes. And didn't just go into the jungle thinking he was a happily married man. And not, like, did they not even have a telegraph or like Morse code or anything? Like he had... Zero communication with his wife and son for six yeah. months. Yes. <laughs> I mean. And so he's assuming like, oh, I get it. Tony is the reason why I've gotten divorce papers. And that's when Tony does his, oh, hey. Yeah, it was like a, com I mean, it, it was a definite A-O-O-A, but it was. Yeah, but it's it's still O-A. Right. There was It still started off all. It was all very, oh, 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 I'm doing it. That's terrible. But you know what I mean. Yeah. So we keep getting like these sort of little mashups of it. Either that or we've just named this podcast completely incorrectly, which is fine. We're going to go with it because I don't know how to make another graphic. Yeah, no, that's what we're doing. We're in deep. So Tony explains he's just the housekeeper. But Angela isn't quite as quick to let Michael know that there isn't anything going on. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> she's like, Why do, what do I care? We're separated. I want him to sign these divorce papers. And she says, he says, there isn't anything going on. And she says, but we could if we wanted to. And Tony's like, yeah? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a kind of funny part. Like, so this is the second flirty thing that we've kind of gotten. Although, I mean, that's kind of flirty, considering her, her husband's standing there. Right. And Angela brings up the fact that Michael missed Jonathan's birthday, which is why he's wearing a snake around his neck. The snake is for Jonathan's birthday. Yes. Now, we already know that the history of Jonathan and Angela with snakes is not spectacular. And that snake was small. This is now, is it a boa constrictor? A boa constrictor, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that thing's going to become boots. Like, there's no way Angela's going to let that stay in the house. I mean, it can kill you in your sleep. <laughs> And then, I don't even think that was an appropriate cage that a boa constrictor would go in. <laughs> no, like, that thing it was means three much, times the size of that cage. Right. Anyway, and then Angela makes a joke about, couldn't you just get him a Cabbage Patch doll? So, my thought is that it must have been during the craze where it was really hard to get Cabbage Patch dolls because Jonathan would never want a Cabbage Patch doll to begin with, but it was probably like a topical joke at the time. Yeah. I... I remember that as a kid. And I remember my mom like trying to get me one at Christmas and she couldn't, but then I finally got one for Easter. And I'm pretty sure my mom had it up until a few years ago. Oh yeah, I believe that. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that boa constrictor is gonna end up in the woods on their next camping trip. Now, Samantha comes home from playing in the snow. She's also quite surprised that Michael Bauer is Angela's husband. There's a cute part there where she thanks Angela for the leg warmers, and Angela's like, oh, you can keep them? I love little cute moments between Samantha and Angela. Yeah. Because I feel like we don't, 
Like they grow closer as Samantha gets older, but I feel like they never really reached a point where, I don't know, like mother-daughter kind of relationship. And I really want Sam to have a mom. So Michael, I think, makes a reference of, oh, you guys are one big happy family. And yeah. Tony says, Tarzan meets the Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah. That was great. There were a few um, references to old shows uh, in this episode, or old movies at least. Now, uh, Mona comes in, also yelling about Richard Welling. I know. She's getting hit with snowballs. <laughs> Like, why is he still out there, and why is he th- still throwing snowballs at their uh, family? This, yeah, this kid is a menace. He is terrible. a little neighborhood tough. And Mona notices Michael, and she says if it is an Indiana Jones. So I like that. I think that was my favorite reference mm. to this, which is pretty funny. Um, and he calls her mom, I noticed. So I just don't ever picture, like, Mona being called grandma or mm. somebody calling her mom. Like, she's Mona, except to Angela. He's so well, she's a, mother. Right. True. You're right. She is mother. Um, so Angela says to him, I don't think there is one person here who's happy to see you. And cue Jonathan. So Jonathan comes running down the stairs. Yeah. yeah. Ready for bed. Sees Michael and is super excited to see him. Now we cut to Jonathan and Michael are playing with the snake or he's showing him the snake. And the snake is a girl, and Michael throws in a few snide remarks about knowing it's a girl because she has a forked tongue. Right. <laughs> and then Angela throws back. And he looks back, at Angela. Right. And then Angela throws back, Are you, if you're done playing with your cold-blooded friends, yes. it's time to go to bed. So Jonathan wants Michael to put him to bed, and Angela, you know, obviously agrees, mm-hmm. goes into the kitchen. She's pretty upset immediately starts chopping into some sort of baked good that's on the table. <laughs> For no reason. Right. <laughs> and like, I can't imagine that was a rubber knife. So Catherine Hellman's lucky she didn't lose or get any scrapes there because Judith Light's just kind of going with that knife there. I know, waving it everywhere. Right. <laughs> so Tony takes the knife away from her and they're trying to calm her down. And, you know, she's basically saying, I'm here putting in all the heavy lifting. And then he shows up twice a year with some ridiculous pet and Jonathan just worships the ground he walks on. Right. You know, and I feel like that's probably a situation. I feel like nowadays, well, they had a unique situation. Nowadays, I feel like a lot of parents who are divorced share custody so they have the kids like Mm 50-50. But back in the 80s, I feel like that really was like a common thing where kids mostly live with mom and yep. then the dads had them every weekend or every other weekend. So mm-hmm. you probably had a lot of situations where it was like, you know, dad just gets to do fun things with them. Right. And mom t- making sure they go to school. Right. And lunches are packed. Right. And the soccer practice or whatever. Making sure the homework's done, cleaning yep. their room and like doing all the not fun and stuff. Dad mailed it in. <laughs> dad took them to Pizza Playland every yep. Saturday. Rented a couple movies at Blockbuster. Yeah. And that was it. Now... Michael comes back in record time. So this guy who is not used to being around children <laughs> managed to get Jonathan asleep in less than two minutes. Oh, yeah, like a minute and 15. Yeah. <laughs> when he's out like a light. Right. Come on, give me a break. So, I mean, I, we couldn't even get our kids to brush their teeth that quickly. No, no. Was... And he's asleep. And then Tony's like, oh, is Aunt, uh, Samantha asleep? And he's like, no, she's watching some. Oh, I missed Did you write name. it down? No. I, I, for, I forgot Shoot. to. Shoot. Yeah, it was a funny name of the movie. And he's like, oh, she's in so much trouble. And Michael's like, yeah, I wouldn't let my kid watch that either. And Tony's like, no, she was supposed to call me when it started. So I think that was cute. And then you think she was upstairs watching the movie or was she just out in the living room? No, she was upstairs, I think. Okay, so maybe Tony has a TV in his room or something. Yeah. These are the things that I (laughs) think about. (laughs) I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Where else would you be watching? Unless there's like a TV room upstairs that we've just never seen. Now, we kind of get a little insight into um, Angela and Michael's relationship here. Where he immediately kind of puts down her career. Mm -hmm. You know, he's saying that. He doesn't really want to get a divorce. He doesn't want to sign the papers. Mona leaves, like, encouraging Angela to get him to sign. 
and she's saying, you know, like we've seen each other twice in two, two, no, twice in a year. Um, you know, this is not a marriage. And he's saying, you know, like I wanted you to come with me on this expedition, but you didn't want to. And makes the comment about how her career was writing jingles. Right. He just makes it sound like his career is way more important right. than hers. Yeah. And I feel like that probably was a common, you know, thread for couples, especially in that time period where, you know, the men may have made significantly more than women mm-hmm. or their wife. And so just figured that their career was more important and she should have followed him wherever the work was for him and then just be happy doing whatever. But also, like, that would be tough to move your kid. I mean, I guess it would be either a great experience or an awful experience. So she tells Michael, you know, like, I've been putting a lot of work into this, and I'm now the president of Wall Street McQuaid. And he seems like he's a bit impressed with that. It's impressed and surprised. Right. And Judith's pulling out her dramatic acting skills right here. You can see where she, like, turns from him. She's kind of crying a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought it was really good. Like, it was, like, subtle enough but more dramatic than we normally see from Angela on this show. But she started off as a dramatic actress and stage actress, so. She's starting to soften. He's proud of her. He starts reminiscing about the good times. She's softening more. And then they start kissing. Yeah. And you hear Mona (laughs) yelling (laughs) from the backyard. (laughs) She was probably still just standing there watching through the window (laughs) the whole time. That's funny. So they cut to commercial break, and the next morning, Tony comes in from his run. So Tony must get, I I wish I had the energy of Tony Maselli. He must, like, get up every morning, go for his little run. Now he has Grover, his little running buddy. Yeah. Then comes in, it's, like, quarter to eight, starts banging on everybody's door to wake them up. Um, Jonathan doesn't come out. Samantha is already up, and you noticed this when we were watching. That's yeah, he well, Tony comes up, wakes everybody up, and she's wearing the uh, that fancy nightgown yeah. that Angela purchased for yeah. her a few mm-hmm. episodes ago. Samantha's growing up, so yes. it shows you that she really likes that nightgown. Yeah, that was cute continuity. I like that. Now he knocks on Angela's door, and instead of Angela answering, Michael answers, and Angela is standing behind Michael, wearing only a bedsheet. Now I noticed also. That that ugly macrame crochet bed canopy is back (laughs) behind them. (laughs) So in the episode, I think it was Protecting the President, where we saw the inside of Angela's bedroom, the canopy thing was gone, and now it's back. So maybe it was like at the dry cleaners or something, or Tony was having some work done on it. Work done? It's not a car. (laughs) But I wish that would go away forever. Now, Tony's pretty surprised that Michael is there. But that canopy thing must be been a thing in the 80s. Right? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, rem- I remember Mr. Mom, they had a canopy. Oh, really? Yeah. It just was a thing. Yeah. I had a canopy 80s. bed growing up. Yeah. Probably. I think I finally took down. Like, probably the, your mother had one, I'm sure, too. Um, I'm trying to think. Seems like something your mom would have. No, but she did have the big four poster bed, mm. I think. Um. But yeah, my bed growing up was like this brass twin canopy with like the little flowery curtain thing on the top. And then I think I finally took it down and just made it like a four poster bed when I became a teenager. So Tony seems pretty surprised. I don't think he saw this coming. So now he's downstairs with the kids angrily beating eggs in a pan. I know. (laughs) Like you would normally beat them, I think, before you put them in the pan. But he's so angry. Yeah. Angela comes in. She, like always, just would like some juice and coffee. And Tony makes a remark well, that she hang had on. more before of Before we get before we get into that, yeah, I, I noticed something actually just earlier when we were trying to pick the clip for the show. Yeah, that the egg pan has no handle. What? It has no handle. His thumb is in the pan. I don't know if like the handle maybe broke or something, <laughs> and they just still went on with the scene. But if you look closely, his, he's holding the, the this pan. apparently hot pan that right. just came off the 
and he's his thumb is in the eggs, like in oh, the. Oh, I did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. That's funny. So he's, I guess something happened in the pan, and they just go on with the scene. Right. Hopefully, no one notices. <laughs> Stuff keeps breaking in this kitchen. The spatula broke on him that yeah. time. Yeah. Well, Tony Maselli is so strong that he can hold a pan of hot eggs yeah. with his bare hand. Yeah. So he makes a comment about her maybe working up an appetite last night. And she just sort of says, like, I don't really know what happened. We were talking. And then I was trying to get him to sign the papers. And then the next thing I know, that seemed like it was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Tony just kind of doesn't want her to get hurt, especially if he decides he's going to leave again, you know, within a couple of days. So Angela's like, don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. Now, as she says that, she's holding a glass of orange juice and the carafe of coffee. And she's about to pour the coffee into the juice glass. But then they cut to Michael. I know. I thought that was really odd. There must have been a joke there that they just probably went too long and they cut it out. I know, but it would have been perfect because she said, don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. And then she would pour the coffee into the orange (laughs) juice glass. I mean, that's like classic Right, like they could have just cut it writing, right there. You know? Yeah, I don't... Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Next, you know, she's pouring coffee in an orange juice glass. Right. That already had orange juice in it, I think. Yes, there was a full glass of orange juice, and then she almost pours the coffee it's into like it. It's like they were going for that joke, but they had to cut it. I don't know. It's yeah, interesting. Don't, yeah, maybe something went awry, and they couldn't use the take or something. I don't know. That was very odd. But, so they cut to Michael... Jonathan's surprised that his dad's there so early. Samantha notices that he's wearing the same clothes as yesterday. Right. And But Michael's putting on a big show about how he just came over this morning and wondering how Angela slept. And, and he likes these clothes. Right. <laughs> like, maybe that's the only clothes he has. Like, mm. he, he packed light. That and a snake. So, yeah, and then when they go back to the stove, there is coffee all over the stove. So they they did something there, and then they just never used the joke. Yeah, and yeah, if, yeah, that's right. And if you notice at that point, too, up by the coat rack <laughs> above the refrigerator that we pointed out from in Requiem, you can see a boom mic up yes. there. Boom like mic sighting. There's so many boom mic sightings. And like you were saying, though, I guess... It probably they probably weren't as noticeable because of the tube TVs were kind of rounded more yes. at the tops, and now we get that. Yeah, you, you get full scan, right? Like full. So when they edited back then, they they probably didn't even see it in the right tube TVs. And we noticed those a lot with Three's Company too. I mm-hmm. remember. Now Michael goes looking for the bowls. He's going to make himself some breakfast. Well, Tony moved the bowls. He goes looking for the crunchy crawlers. Yes, they the don't buy those crawlers. anymore. Yes, and that's a nice callback to the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Tony got rid of the crunchy crawlers when he moved in. Empty calories. Michael brings up that that night he'd like to go to dinner. Jonathan's super excited. Samantha's excited, but then Michael's like, "Oh, I meant just the family." And things get kind of awkward here. Like, Angela's like, oh, well, they are family, and she invites them. But Tony, knowing that Michael doesn't want them to go, says that they already have plans. Mm-hmm. And he and Samantha kind of put up a little show of listing of all the places that they're going to go. Right. So now what I can only guess is later that evening, um, after everyone's gone to work, come back home, Tony is shaking up. Angela's, yeah, her martini, because it's Friday. Right. She always has a very dry martini with two olives on Friday. That is how Angela Bauer lets her hair down. That's right. And But it's still pretty puff, puffy when <laughs> she lets it down. <laughs> pretty poofy. But uh, Mona lets her hair down in a much different way. She comes down the stairs right. in a bikini completely decked out. And she is on her way to spring break in Fort Lauderdale. And apparently is going to wear a bikini on the plane <laughs> yes. to get to Florida. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, hopefully she was just trying, like, doing a little fashion show for Tony yeah, before she left. Now, I just want to say, I mean, Catherine Hellman is about 56. She looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she's an older woman. But she looks better in a bikini than I ever have. So kudos to her. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. And And she's going to spring break. She is. She's going to spring break. Now, Angela comes in. (laughs) And, like, 
Angela's kind of surprised to see her mom in a bikini, but I don't think really that surprised. Mm. Like, she's like, why are you wearing a bikini in winter? But of course you would be wearing a bikini in winter. Right. Um, so Michael comes in. Oh, no, she tells them. She asked Tony to set another place setting because Michael is coming for dinner. And Tony's annoyed, but Mona's like, don't worry. He's going to be out of here in a couple of days. Like, he's going to get distracted, and he'll be on another expedition. Now, I feel like the whole reason they sent Mona to Fort Lauderdale was because it wouldn't make sense to have Mona there when Angela makes this decision for Michael to stick around because she would have just smacked it out of her. Hmm. (laughs) Right? I mean, there's no way Mona would have sat there through that. So they're like, well, we better just write her out of this episode, rest of this episode. Um, now, oh, I just lost my spot in my notes. Look at that. See, mm. this is why you need paper, people. That's right. Okay, here I am. Um, Michael comes in and he says that he has reason to celebrate. He and Tony kind of like start sort of this territorial thing with Angela, like. Tony has the drink for her, and Michael's brought champagne. And they're kind of standing there wondering which one she's going to pick. And at first, Angela goes for the martini, until Michael tells her that his good news, he has reason to celebrate tonight, and that is that he'll be, he got a job in Manhattan, and he'll be staying. Yes. Now, that same evening, Tony is dancing around the kitchen with the longest spray cord I've ever yeah, seen. from the sink. How is that possible? Yes. I think I even remember watching that episode as a kid and knowing that that's impossible. <laughs> I mean, it's probably 10 feet. 15 right. 15 feet. That was like a 35-foot hose. Yeah. But it was, you know, it's funny. So he's spraying oh, yeah. all the plants around the top. He's spraying the plants over by the refrigerator. Then he fills up the ice tray and as... Someone in 2020 who won't drink tap water. Yeah. (laughs) It was just really funny to see. So I guess like, yeah, I guess having like a filter, the Brita in the fridge maybe wasn't a thing. I don't remember uh, having a Brita filter that long ago. Yeah. I I feel like you just, you filled up a pitcher of water and shoved it in the fridge. You know what we did? Actually, I think my, my... Dad used to buy, like, gallons of water. Well, I was just going to say, and I remember now on this show, in the corner, there's that giant bottle that goes upside down into the... Oh, yes. Those were very popular. A lot of people had those. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, and that was where you got your bottled water. I don't think we ever had one of those as a kid. No, we didn't. I think that was a rich people thing. (laughs) In the 80s. We lived in Florida, and Florida water's pretty nasty. But maybe it wasn't as bad back then. No, yeah, I think I think California water's worse. Oh yeah, I mean, probably. I don't. I mean, I don't remember the taste of the Florida water, no. but I think just because like the sea level is so mm. close, like the water tape, whatever you call that. Um, but yes, so I was a little grossed out by him filling up the ice cube tray with tap water, but it was the eighties. So at that point... And it's a sitcom. <laughs> None of it's Looking real. for laughs. Yeah, because then he just actually sprays some into his mouth as he goes back. Now, you <laughs> no. know there had to be like a PA on the other side of that hose pulling it <laughs> as he walks back towards Oh, yeah. There the was probably sink. someone yanking that yeah, thing. Yeah, so that it would go back in because it was not going to retract on its own. No, not 45 feet of <laughs> hose. <laughs> Michael comes in. And makes a comment about how great of a housekeeper Tony is. And Tony says, Hazel's got nothing on me. I forgot to look up Hazel, but it was an old... It's an old show. Hazel was a maid. Oh, okay. It was a TV show about a maid named Hazel. Okay. But she was the main character in the okay. show. Okay, got it. And hence the name, Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she was a... Oh, uh, I guess it was like a comedy. Okay. Yeah, I meant to look that up and I forgot. And he says, Hazel's got nothing on me. And he's like, well, you know, um, maybe you should get some, let some other people in the neighborhood have a chance at you. And basically says, you're fired. Mm-hmm. He gives him, oh, and he, he says something interesting here, which is, you're Jonathan's, you're not just a housekeeper, you're Jonathan's father, you're Angela's friend, and that's my job now. So he can definitely tell that Tony's... Moved in and gotten comfortable. yeah. yeah. 
Now, as Tony's kind of leaving the kitchen upset, I'm like, I mean, at first, that would be pretty devastating for Tony and more so for Samantha. Like, mm. because if he can't find another job in the area, then she may have to leave all of her friends and they haven't even really been there that long. And I think for a kid, that would probably be pretty upsetting. Oh, and, well, yeah, that was, that's been her home for however many yeah. What do you months? think it is at this point? Months? Yeah, I would say it's a few months. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. But just like as a kid, you know, I think being with your parents and having like your house is probably what helps you feel most secure. Mm-hmm. And she's already lost a parent. And now like to know that where she lives isn't secure would probably be very upsetting. And Angela has been like a mom to her. Right. Taking her shopping. Right. You know, doing all these things for her. So now Tony comes into the living room. He's kind of, he's upset. And Angela comes down the stairs, happy and singing. I, mm. What was it? She what was. Oh, she? oh, what was it? Um, Is it, I'm in the mood for love? I it think so, yeah. yeah. I'm in the mood for love. Yes, it was not a very good. And movie. I think that. I thought I wrote that down. Maybe I didn't. Because I feel like she got the... Is that the one where she messed up the words? Or is that another? No, I think you were talking about when Mona was messing up the words. Oh, you're right. In yeah. a diff- okay, in, yeah. I'm getting my episodes confused. But, so she's like, hey, Tony, I thought we should get a start on the spring cleaning. She's basically wanting to make some more room for Michael. And Tony's like, yeah, great. Just, you know, get whatever work out of me you can before I go. And she's like, what are you saying? And he says... She seems confused. Right. And he said, Michael, let me go. And she says, let you go where? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that one made me laugh, but it did. Um, And so he said, you know, he basically said that I have to leave. And Michael's... I mean, Angela's pretty upset and surprised and says that she'll talk to him. So I feel like if he wouldn't have said anything at this point, she would have really kind of gone in and let... Michael have it but Mm -hmm. Tony stops her and says you know I I do have to leave he's right you know if you want to have a second chance at this marriage you don't need a hairy Italian and an apron around screwing it up right and like I mean yes that absolutely makes sense like it sucks for Tony to lose his job at this point but the reality of a married couple with their son living with the male housekeeper mm-hmm. where there's clearly an attraction between his wife and the housekeeper and the fact that the housekeeper is very good looking. Right. Be Never would work. Right. Like, are they all just going to sit around at night, watch TV together? Right. <laughs> like, Have ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Tony makes a good point that it really isn't going to work. So he says, if you don't fire me, then I have to leave. And Angela's quite upset and we see sort of this first time where he goes wait oh she goes to shake his hand and Mm -hmm. he pulls her in for a hug yes and it's a very intense hug i mean yeah it's the first time they really hug right i mean yeah like i think in that pilot you know the pilot episode they get that little quick hug right when when they're like oh sorry sorry yeah but this is kind of like yeah like a real <clears throat> a real meaningful right. hug. And nothing romantic to it. Just no. sort of like, I don't, you know, we're really good friends and this we this situation's been going well and now it's over. And then we get to be continued. Well, and Angela decides not to to drink the martini and then hands it. I mean, maybe that this happened before. Oh, yeah, that happened a long time ago. Oh, it did? Yes. Oh. That's right when... Oh, um, I thought they went and... Oh, okay. Well, no, that's right. Uh, when Michael I missed said, my point to talk about "Listen, it. you got your papers all in the wrong." I know. Order I must there. be doing something wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was funny that she hands the martini to, Mo- to oh, Mona, and then Mona yes. takes the olives and throws them and right. drinks them, pounds down the martini. Yes, when Michael said that he got the job and he's moving to Manhattan, or he was oh, working in Manhattan. Oh, that's when that happened. And then Tony takes it from Mona and says, "Give me a sip and drinks the rest of it." Oh, yes. okay. No, you're just... right. That was funny, and I for- I totally forgot about that part. Well, no, I had it. I just had it in the wrong spot <laughs> in my notes. Sorry about that. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> We uh, now that brings us to episode number sixteen, Angela's X, part two. Teddy said he won. 
So, uh, things are working out great for you and Michael, Oh, huh? working out, it's bliss. Bliss, bliss. Yeah, we got bliss coming out our ears. <laughs> Part two opens with Tony having a job interview at Mrs. Randolph's mansion. Yes. So, we are introduced to, first, Leo, her butler, played by Ian Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome name. I know it is. What a cool name. I know. Um, he has a ton of credits on IMDb. Yes. Most what, notably, yeah. he is Justin Pitt, or Mr. Pitt, in uh, Seinfeld. Yes, I remember that. That was Elaine's boss, Yes, right, he for worked for Elaine yeah. for a while. Yeah, he was great. He was great in that show. And I, one of the things I noted looking at IMDb for him is that he's in three episodes of Dynasty playing three different characters. Oh, wow. So, yeah. They brought him back two more times, completely different, all like a year apart. But he worked pretty steadily up until um, he passed away. He did some voice work. He's a voice on Star Wars, Clone Wars, the animated series. And then he had a, a spot on Wizards of Waverly Place, which I've never seen, but I think that was a pretty popular kid's show. Yeah. Um, he yeah, died yes, it was. in 2012 at the age of 77. Hmm. And then we are also introduced to... He looks like he's 77 in this episode. <laughs> Again, he's like one of those actors who like always looked Eternally old. old. Yeah. Then we are introduced to Mrs. Randolph. She is played by Helen Klebe. Now, the most notable thing that I picked out on her IMDb... I mean, she, again, tons of credits starting from the early 50s. But she was in an episode of I Love Lucy. Like, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was also on Dragnet. I would say she's... Probably best known for the Waltons. She did about 90 or 66 episodes of the Waltons. Hmm. And she passed away in 2003 at the age of 96. Tony comes in, you know, in normal Tony fashion. And he immediately wheels her over to the window. He's like, let's get you in the sun. Uh, Right. Leo is not impressed with him. No. (laughs) Leo's had enough immediately. it, It looks... As though Leo is wearing the same jacket from Paint Your Wagon, the butler jacket that Tony... Yeah, the butler jacket. Yes, it, it looks, probably is. It pro- I'm sure. It looks like the exact same jacket. So he goes on to tell Mrs. Randolph the story of Angela and how he was working there and um, her husband came home and so now he had to leave. And Mrs. Randolph, of course it's the idea that there was something going on between Tony and Angela and she makes it clear that she does not fool around with the help <laughs> and we get an oh hey, hey, hey oh yeah <laughs> from Tony right <laughs> right like he's like I mean, whoa, 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 whoa Mrs. Randolph is a beautiful woman but she's probably a beautiful like 87 year old woman at this point oh she, I mean not in real life Oh, really? I don't know. Oh, right. Oh, wait, no, she died. You, you said she died in 2003. 2002, like Okay, 96. yeah, yeah, she's Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think my math is correct. She's probably a little younger than that, but, but still. still but of course, like, she looks like she's yeah. already 90 in the wheelchair. <laughs> Tony's like 33. Yeah. So. Hey, anyway, then, uh, so meanwhile, Michael and Angela are at home on a Saturday. Angela's doing a little work. Michael makes her some tea. She uh, says that, like, you know, they, she won't be doing work every Saturday anymore because they're making compromises for each other to try yes, and make this work. he doesn't like that she works yeah. on Saturdays. Right. At this point, Mona comes home from Fort Lauderdale. And, Mona, we've got a lot to tell you. <laughs> you are not going to be happy. <laughs> so she comes in and she has gifts. Grover got a bone. I love little Grover. I know. So do I. He just runs out on stage, gets his bone, and then leaves. And Angela got a coconut head. <laughs> the shrunken <laughs> coconut head. It doesn't make any sense. I know. But it makes so much sense that that's what Mona would bring Angela. 
And Michael got nothing. Jonathan got a shark tooth necklace. Mm -hmm. And Samantha got some puka shells, which are very popular right now. Like, our daughters are way into those. Yeah, they were wearing those. I got them necklaces. Yeah, from Florida. Mm -hmm. And Tony got a towel that says, I got them squeezed in Florida. (laughs) So... I know Towel's we, ridiculous. <laughs> and she holds it up for a long time <laughs> in she, the episode. Well, because, yeah, because somebody probably had to paint that towel. So yeah, it's They hilarious. should at least get some good airtime. And you were saying that that towel probably didn't exist. And I thought that it probably did exist. But I could not back that up with any facts. No, I looked no on the internet. It's ridiculous. I don't know, though. I remember being a kid and going to, like, those kind of touristy beach stops and seeing that kind of stuff though but you're right maybe not that exact. <laughs> i mean i've seen i definitely have seen stuff like that too but maybe not yeah. like that <laughs> like now, that one was like really elaborate yes yeah that one it was it was beautiful it was a work of art now um they break it to mona that tony is actually out looking for a job right now and Mona has the reaction that I think the audience had, which is, what are you, what is this going to do to Tony and Samantha? Like, Samantha may have to go back to Brooklyn if Tony can't find a job here. You know, this could really devastate them. And at that moment, Tony bursts in that he's found a great job. Yes. And Samantha's... In a richer place. <laughs> right. And in, um, so Samantha's definitely not going back to Brooklyn. She's going to have indoor, outdoor pools, tennis courts, riding stables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have like a whole west wing of the house to themselves. So he moved up for sure. And um, well, then and then in the new place, there's a maid upstairs and one downstairs. Right. So he's like there's managing. Three. Sorry, did I jump ahead now? No, not okay. at all. I had actually lost my spot, so thank you. Um, yeah, he's going to be managing. So he's only the, the mid floor, in I guess, and in charge of the housekeeper. Yes. Yeah, he is in charge, and yeah, so he's excited about the upstairs housekeeper, the downstairs housekeeper, and Cecily in the kitchen. I have a feeling that name will come back. Yeah. So Leo shows up to collect their belongings and is a little disgusted to find out that it's just a few cardboard boxes laying in the middle of the <laughs> <laughs> foyer, or I don't know what you would call that I area guess it's by the foyer. Yeah, it's kind of a large one. Um, and so they make a lot of jokes about how Angela's now in the poor neighborhood and they're going to be living in the rich neighborhood. Leo, right, and it's. They lead you to believe up to that point that Angela is very well off. Now all of a sudden, <laughs> right? Yeah. She's in a poor neighborhood. Because I mean, you know. No, I know. I I mean, I'm just saying. Just the fact that these people, he drives a Bentley, and then Leo keeps making jokes about being worried about parking the car out there, which mm. is pretty funny. Now, before <laughs> before he leaves, Angela asks Tony to go into the kitchen with her because she would like him to show her how to use the toaster oven. And he's like, okay, um, what do you what do you want to toast? And she says, a Pop-Tart. Yes. She mumbles Pop-Tart. Right? right. And she pulls it out of her pocket. Right, which is, <laughs> Pop-Tart popped out of my pocket. Because we all carry Pop-Tarts in our pockets. You never know. Well, if you look at the pockets on these pants, they are enormous. Yeah. And they, like, sit out away from her body. You so several Pop-Tarts in those pockets. Yeah, so, yeah, she had a Pop-Tart in one pocket. Maybe two, because they come in a pair. I don't know why you'd only have one. And then in the other pocket, she has a notepad and a, and a pencil. So she's asking him, like, how you would... This really made me want a Pop-Tart. <laughs> I know. You know what? I used to love the... Um, I know. I haven't had a Pop-Tart in so long. Well, there's a particular one. It's the cinnamon... Brown sugar. Brown sugar. That was my favorite, too. Is it the brown sugar? Since, you know, I think That's so. why we're married. Yeah. <laughs> that was that my was favorite. That was my favorite. Yeah. And I would eat that thing cold. I didn't care about toast. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's even... so. And But then but his little idea about how you put it in the toaster oven and then you top brown it for just a little bit with butter... Mm. Yeah, we might have to buy some Pop-Tarts. Okay, so <laughs> put that on the list. <laughs> Tell the Alexa. So Tony's like, if you can't even make a Pop-Tart, like what is going to happen when I leave this house? So he's like, let me give you a quick tour of the kitchen. And he <laughs> shows her, let me show you how to use the self-cleaning oven. And I love her line of, 
Tony, you're not going to tell me this oven cleans itself. (laughs) (laughs) So they leave. Angela and Michael are home one night, and she's doing some work, and he's a little annoyed that she's doing work. And she says, well, I wouldn't... Hang on one second. So why... How come in my notes... um, It says a crunchy crawlers keeps coming back up. They must mention in the kitchen scene... Something about crunchy crawlers. And this in part two? More. Yeah. Hang I on, guess. let's pause for a minute. Okay, we found it. So, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa over here with his notes. So I know. In, <laughs> in the kitchen scene, after he says he's annoyed with her about the Pop Tart, he says, This guy's going to have you hooked on crunchy, crunchy crawlers. Crunchy crawlers. Yes. But so, I just love that crunchy crawlers yeah, came back, which is back. why I put it in my notes. Right. Next time, just add a few more words to the beginning part. And yeah, then maybe the reference part. the scene. or <laughs> And then, and then it's you'll a, My notes are so out of context sometimes. They just, <laughs> it's almost like stream of conscience. <laughs> right. Words. Okay. So now, okay, so back to Angela and Michael at home at night. She's working because she had to make dinner. Which it was Michael's night to make dinner, but Michael apparently fell asleep on the train and missed his stop. Right, that's right. Yes. So he's saying that he's complaining about how his job is so boring and that it made him fall asleep on the train. And she's saying that she needs to work. This guy is just a selfish. No, he really, like, I know. Like, oh, I took this job in my family. Oh, this job's it's all about him. Right. The narcissist. Yeah, now I tell you, you know how boring tigers are? They uh. sleep all day and I just it's like, okay, dude, but like ninety seven percent of the world has to do jobs that they don't really necessarily like. Yes. So is that one of our kids? No, it's a cat. Oh, okay. Um, so but they make up and they decide, you know, okay, well let's stop arguing, let's spend a little time together, let's talk. Although Michael wants to make out, but Angela's like, let's just like try to have a conversation. <laughs> and it's not going well. Like they no. don't really have a lot to talk about. The conversation isn't coming easily to them. So they do start making out and the phone rings. And it is the worst answering machine ever. Oh my gosh. I know. And like <laughs> that was kind of an, a thing in the eighties, wasn't I know. it? Like having yeah. a joint answering machine message. Yes. So yeah, it's I like, think it was just cool because answering machines came on the scene. Right. So like whatever creative thing you could do to be wacky or silly, but Yeah, it's so obnoxious. So they're basically having this little message about how they're together again and blah blah blah. So it's Jim Peterson on the other end mm-hmm. and he's saying like, Oh, I didn't hear from you, so you must love my campaign, which Angela hates the campaign, so she starts yelling at the answering machine. Yes. <laughs> like at that point, wouldn't you just pick up the phone and start yelling directly at Jim? At the person, yes. Yeah. And so Michael and Angela get into an argument where he's basically saying, you know, he downplays her job again. Like, why is this so important? And he leaves. Now the phone rings again. She still lets the answering machine play. Yeah. And so now their cute little message sounds a little bittersweet, considering that they just had a fight and she stands there sadly. And it's Tony. It's Tony. Yeah. And he leaves a mess. And Tony's trying to sound really happy for them, but you can tell that he's, you know, he misses them and he misses the house. And yeah, he's got to do what he's got to do, though. Right. Yeah. So, cut to uh, Tony and Mrs. Randolph apparently just got back from playing, uh, going bowling, and he's wheeling yes. her. <laughs> he's wheeling her in because he's doing wild, wacky stuff. With yes, her. but she's having a great time. Yes. Like you can tell, Tony is doing what he does, which is just kind of coming in, doing a job at hundred and ten percent. Right, instead of just being the help, he's right. Once again, getting involved. and Right. Making himself part of the family. Of course. And I love her line. So they go bowling and her line of no matter how long it's been, nothing changes. When you hit that little button, you can't get the waitress to bring you a beer. Yeah. Yes. Which is so funny. Cause it's so true. <laughs> yes. In a bowling even, alley. Even now in a bowling alley, you hit that little button and no, no one, one ever no one comes. comes. Yes. I miss bowling. 
Yeah, that's true. That like again. we're bowling these days. I know, anyway. I know. But we did go bowling like right before all this happened. I feel like we we did and like kind so of when fun. COVID was rapidly spreading. <laughs> we didn't know much about it. We were rubbing our hands all over bowling Sticking balls, our random bowling balls, balls. balls, and then eating <laughs> eating French fries. fries. Yes, oh, but yes, lucky. yeah, it was right before. <laughs> oh, we're lucky. Like, so. Um, she he's like you know I'm sorry that I got you back so late, and she's like no no I'm having a great time and she makes a mention about how they drove by Angela's house four times. Mm-hmm. That's almost a little creepy, Tony. It is. So it's in the- <laughs> like why? <laughs> no. And and were they in the van? No, I <laughs> no, I'm definitely sure. in the Bentley. Right, but like also. How did they go? And I'm sorry, I'm surprised she wasn't getting nervous because she thinks it's such a bad area that they drove by for right. a time. And I, a bad area. I also like how she calls it that cute little cottage. Angela's five bedroom, three and a half bathroom His house little cottage. is a cute little cottage. Now, Bigger than most houses. She tells him, you know, you're doing a great job. The house is spotless. The staff is so happy, especially Cecily. Yeah, I like the... <laughs> the the implication that uh, Tony's yeah. sleeping with the yeah, upstairs totally, maid. No, no, she's just Cecily's in or, the kitchen. Oh, the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, I thought and she, he's totally had sex with Cecily by yeah. this point. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> and, but she's like, but we could manage without you. So he's like, oh, are you serious? I'm getting fired again. <laughs> Did your husband come home from the jungle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Which was great. <laughs> great line. But she's basically saying, like, you know, we love having you here, but if you aren't happy and you, this is not where you want to be, you know, we'll manage without you. Now, she also just suggests that he goes for a visit. And so now Mona and Angela are in the kitchen. Angela mm-hmm. is trying to mash raw potatoes. Raw potatoes. <laughs> Like, what was happening there? I know. I love Angela. Smashing it's... up raw potatoes with... <laughs> what was she using? And, like, the thing... She, well, she was using a potato masher. Yeah, but, like, did not unsuccessfully. Right. Because they were raw. Because they were raw. Yeah. And the thing I love about Angela... Well, also, like, it's 1985 at this point. Yeah. You can't just, like, get out your phone and look up how to make mashed potatoes. You have to have a no. recipe book. Yeah. That That's tells true. you. That's so good point. it wasn't as easy as it is now to look up any recipe at any moment. So instead of just investigating it at all, just start mashing right. up even, raw potatoes. Even and maybe see just how it asking, goes. asking Mona because she knew, she right. knew you had to come. That's first. true. That's true. But I just love how Angela like doesn't really cooking's not her thing, and that and she's fine with that. Now, yeah, because Mona was making the salad just fine, right. and she's struggling. To, <laughs> And then she throws not only the mashed potatoes, but she just throws the entire bowl and the masher into the garbage. Yeah, we have those bowls, that set of bowls. Yeah, we probably like had that pirates. masher at some point, too. Yes, but we never mashed up raw potatoes. No, no. I'm not a great cook, but I even know that. Now, Tony and Sam show up. Jonathan and Samantha are excited to see each other, but they can't <clears throat> let each other know that. I know. I thought that was so cute. Yeah. It's and I like how they're cute. all in their little tennis garb. Yeah, I know. Tony's little tennis, <laughs> anyone? <laughs> but he's got a bucket hat on, which is funny. The white Yeah, I don't hat. know what that hat It doesn't was. seem to go with the hoity-toity <laughs> tennis outfit, but whatever. But yeah, like Jonathan's like, she's like, yeah, did you miss me? He's like, no. Not really. Not really. Yeah. But then he's like, do you want to go see my baseball cards? Yeah. I thought that scene was so cute. So cute. Like they were really excited to see each other, but they couldn't. Show it. Right. And it's true brother and sister, you know, yes. fashion at this point. Right, right. That's true. Then That's a good point. there's a cute parallel of Angela coming out, and they kind of don't let each other know just how excited they are to see Yeah, because they almost hug. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, Angela. Yeah. And, oh, and it's just like, oh, how's right. it going? So that was a cute parallel. Yeah. Now, notice that um, Michael's not there for this little visit. Yeah, I don't know if sleeping on a train somewhere, <laughs> a bus. <laughs> I don't know if they planned it so that he wouldn't be there or he just like went somewhere. But she's, you know, so they sit down, they start talking. And immediately you see how involved Tony is in Angela's life. Mm-hmm. They have no issue talking about stuff. 
He's asking her about how work's going. He knows about the latest campaign she's working on. And she says to him, it's so nice to talk to someone who really cares about my job. And, you know, he says, well, Michael cares. And she's like, well, Michael cares about me, but I think that he would rather I just quit and be a stay-at-home wife who cooked and cleaned. And it's almost like she's kind of entertaining that for a brief moment. But, I mean, she would just be mashing raw potatoes all day. It's not going to go well. Yes. So, like, where Michael and Angela couldn't really have good conversation and kind of resorted to making out. Yes. (laughs) Tony and Angela have really good conversation. And they probably still would be great at making out. So the clear winner here is right there in front of you, Angela. Yep. Now... We cut to... Cut to the scene later where they're having dinner. Right? right. By the fireplace. Yes. So Angela and Michael are having dinner by the fireplace. And we see that little two-person table's out again. Yep. They just like to move that thing around. Yep. A little romantic table. Yeah. With the very chairs. versatile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this time they're using like those large... <laughs> That's a cat. Yeah. Those large chairs. Um, yes. Yeah, so very romantic dinner where... Michael basically says, oh, but I kind of wondered where Jonathan was. And in my head, I made up that Jonathan went back to the mansion with Tony and, and Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. That's a night. good uh, plot twist. <laughs> so but if you notice on, in this scene, all there, all there is is some butter and bread on the <laughs> plate. Know. And then he's like, too bad the casserole blew up. Oh. <laughs> right? Doesn't he say that? Oh, I. You know what? I totally missed that. Yeah, he says, "Too bad the casserole blew up." Blew up, and then she says, uh, "Don't worry about it. The oven cleans itself." <laughs> she. But she that says it in Charlie. a way like she knows the oven's not <laughs> going to clean itself. She's like, apparently, the oven cleans itself. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I totally missed that. Oh, no, it's funny. So they have this nice romantic setting where Michael is planning to tell her or is telling her that he's going to take a job and go to Zimbabwe. Yes. Because, okay. Oh, my God. Our cats just ran (laughs) through the living room. Um, And he's basically saying, you know, I'm not happy in my job. The only reason why I'm here is to be with you. And if you're not going to make me a priority, yes, exactly. Narcissistic. (laughs) If you're not going to make me a priority, then I'm leaving. your career. Right. your career. And always blowing up casseroles and mashing raw potatoes (laughs) for me every night. And hoping the oven cleans itself. Being available for sex and no conversation. Yes. Then I'm leaving. So... Cats are just. I'm not stopping this because this is, yeah, this is good stuff. We just have to keep going. (laughs) Um, So Angela's like, well, that is fantastic because I wanted to break up with you tonight. So if, I mean, if somebody ever prepares a really nice romantic dinner, beware. Like, that's, it's not a good scene here. Well, he never got the dinner, though. No. It exploded. I don't even know how a casserole explodes. Maybe they're. It blew itself up. Or flew up. If anyone could do it, it would be Angela. Yeah, I guess right? So. Like, like, what? Do you just how put the oven on you... 500 degrees and yeah, to put actually, it in there for an hour? Because I'm guessing that the actual casserole dish must have And was it broken. potato casserole? <laughs> I don't know. Order pizza. Yeah. Just get everything catered by Robert, Angela. Never cook. So they very quickly and very amicably end their marriage in about a minute and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty but impressive. But, I mean, you know, they had the divorce papers, so. Yeah, I, and, yeah. It was she, inevitable. I like, to where she's like, uh, he, he asks where are the divorce papers, and she says they're upstairs in the bedroom. And they both go to walk up the stairs, and then he's like, maybe you should go get them. Mm. And come down, because they know that if they go, <laughs> they go up to the bedroom, they're just going to end up having sex. Right, and then it's a vicious cycle. Right, yeah. Now, but his line is, when he tells her he's going to Zimbabwe, he said, I'd rather be where I'd rather be. Oh. That's the line. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's selfish. It's yeah. like, I just, I'm, I'm out. That I'm is going Michael. to Zimbabwe. Yep. Now, Angela, so we assume that Michael has already left. 
Oh, mm-hmm. and they, they say that they're going to tell Jonathan together, which was sweet. But you have to also think that Jonathan's going to be pretty devastated by this, but we don't see any of that. Right, and he'll only see his father two more times, apparently. <laughs> right. yes. And then that's it for Michael. I know. Um, so Angela's sitting there folded, folding laundry. We assume Michael's been gone for a short amount of time at this point, trying to do some work, trying to fold laundry. And guess who stops by? Tony, for no reason. Yes, yeah. After dinner. Well, he's probably probably just driving around circling the house. Yeah. And the creepy van. He knows that Michael's left because Michael called him and told him to take care of Angela. Yes, which is actually the the only selfless thing that Michael's done. Yeah, since I fired your housekeeper and then came back for a few weeks and then decided that I'm leaving, I figured I'd get your housekeeper back. But also, he probably knows that eventually they're going to bang. So Right. So, so okay. <laughs> Miles yeah. agrees. Then um, Angela's like, and, and Tony's like, you know, you're folding this all wrong. You don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, are you back? And she's like, I didn't ask you to come back. And he said, well, Michael did. And he gave me a raise. So mm. Tony got a raise. That's nice. I wonder if Samantha's now going to be bummed that she has to move back into a much smaller house. Right, because she had <laughs> her own quarters. Right. And with, with a tennis court. So now they go to hug, but instead they shake hands. Yeah. Because it's business. It's right, all business. Now we're back to business. Now we can't let any emotions come through for another five seasons. So. <laughs> another five seasons. <laughs> That is it. Now, oh, they have the cute tag of Tony and Angela losing a game of tennis to Leo and Mona. That was yes. very cute. Yeah. And to get back at Leo, Tony decides he's going to go steal the hubcaps off the Bentley. Yes. Because you would just assume that that would happen in that rough neighborhood. And Angela goes out to help him. The only thing I have in my notes here is that Angela looks good in her tennis outfit. Yeah, that tennis outfit. Very that's short the, skirt. That's the only, <laughs> the only thing I got from that scene, apparently. Yes. Uh, well, it was a very short skirt, so yeah, I can see why. No, yeah, it's just funny. So For the 80s. Now, oh wait, uh, we should probably do our rating and stuff first. Okay. You want to go first? Um, sure. I, I thought that, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the two-parter. Um, I think it, you know, it closed the relationship with Michael. I thought they did it really well. And um, uh, I, I would say it's an 8. Yeah. I gave it an 8.5. Oh, okay. All right. Nice. Good. Yeah. I went a little high on But for me. Yeah. I'm usually a low rater. I like this one. I remember liking it um, when I was a kid. It dealt with a lot of good themes, I think, of like... You know, the woman being expected to give up what she wants mm-hmm. yeah. and her not doing it mm-hmm. on multiple occasions. Um, and I also just realized that I didn't prepare for a who's the boss at all. But um, back to the rating. <laughs> and yeah, so I I like this one. It holds up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. And and, it, and it's, it's nice to see how still like so supportive Tony is. Like you see how selfless right. he is. You know, it's yeah. shown basically when Michael shows up and he's not. Right, yeah. It, this You can really see that their relationship and their friendship was growing and it kind of deepens for here, for sure. Who's the boss around here? Me? Or my mother? Or maybe it's you! Okay, I'll go first here. Okay. I wasn't prepared, but then I thought about it and now I am. Okay. I'm going to say that Angela is the boss. Okay, in this that's episode. what I was going to say. Okay. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that already, but go ahead. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, I agree 100%. Because, you know, she gives her marriage another shot, but mm-hmm. even though Michael breaks up with her first, she was planning on breaking up with him also. She saw that it wasn't working and that this wasn't going to make her happy, so she righted the wrong. Yeah, if I was basing it on the first episode, I would maybe would have gone with Tony, but after the watching both parts, I thought Angela. Oh yeah, that is a she good was, point because Tony's kind of the one that says I gotta go. Well, and he's the, the one, one that's just like I don't want you to get hurt, you know. Right, right. Like he tries to, without overstepping his boundaries, 
warn Angela, right. you know. And uh, so I would have, would have picked him if it was just the first episode. But all throughout, Angela was in control, even though she's pulling pop tarts out of her pocket <laughs> and mashing potatoes with raw potatoes. Raw potatoes. She was and blew up a casserole. She was still in control of what was going on and knew what was right in the end. I bet the first thing Tony had to do once he got back was... Clean that oven. Clean the oven, yes. You're darn right he did. Turn on the self-cleaning oven. Freaking mess. I know. Oh, poor Tony. Well, it's a good thing he got a raise. Yes. All right, so we have come to the end of our first two-parter. So next time, we are going to be recapping Season 1, Episode 17, Eye on Angela which is one of my favorite episodes as a kid. Oh, good. Oh, I like that. And has a very special guest star, Betty White. Oh. Yes. So well, we can get forward to that. <laughs> so you can reach us at Who's the Boss Podcast on Instagram. Send us a direct message or comment on one of the posts about anything that we missed or anything you'd like to see us talk about, hear us talk about. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash podcast. And there you could leave us a voice message that we can play on the podcast. Do we have a song? Yes, we do. It is Matthew Baudel performing uh, Who's the Boss? Brand New Life. And it's one of those piano tutorials to show you how to play it. But, it's, uh, but it's nice. It's very nice. I actually enjoyed it. So. Nice. Here it is. Okay. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell all your friends.